Review code provided by Thunderful Games. I'm Jared. I'm Marcus. Level with us. Hello and welcome to Level With Us, the show where we have a cozy video game discussion every week. This week we are talking about Curse to Golf, which is an indie roguelike. We played it on the Nintendo Switch and it was developed by Chuhai Labs. So their publisher, Thunderful Games, was very kind and gave us a review code. So uh, we're here to kind of share our thoughts, go through our usual segments. And uh, we also have a new little segment at the end of today. So look forward to that. Stick around. Yeah. So Curse to Golf, as you might imagine, is a golf game. It's a 2D side-scroller. It's kind of a platformer in some ways, where you progress through these massive stages by hitting a golf ball um, through these winding paths. There's lots of uh, hazards, and there's also a limit to how many times you can take a shot. Um, There are little power-ups called ace cards that help you Uh, But for the most part, you're on your own and trying to figure out how to get to the end of each course. And the goal of the game is to make it through all 18 holes to get out of golf purgatory. We all know it. We all hate it. Yeah, we don't. It doesn't need any explanation. When you hear golf purgatory, you know exactly what that is. Uh, Marcus, I guess the first question I have for you is how many holes did you actually make it through? (laughs) How far did I get? Yes. You are alluding to the fact that this is a pretty difficult game uh, in a lot of ways. I got to hole, I want to say, seven or eight past the first boss, but not to the second boss yet. Okay. But yeah, it feels more like a roguelike than it does like a golf game. And I think there are a few reasons for that. I think it's what they're going for. For example, those ace cards that you were talking about. I thought of them as like power-ups at first, but then I was like, no, these are like essential tools. Like you have to use them very deliberately and even like hoard them very deliberately when you know that a boss battle is coming up. Yeah. uh, I made it to the second boss, um, but not past that. The difficulty is brutal. Like I died so many times and you know i wanted to beat the game because i always try to beat the game before we talk about it on the show but in this case like i still have a good feel for it uh just didn't didn't make it that far so the structure works well i think it works as a roguelike i just kind of had to adjust my expectations when i started playing it i actually didn't know going into this that it was a roguelike i actually mm. thought this was uh, a series of levels that you progress through uh, one at a time until you beat them all and I thought maybe you get more powerful over time, maybe you get some power-ups. And that's true. If you beat a boss, you do gain a perk, which makes future runs a little bit easier, uh, which I appreciated. But other than that, there's there's no progression. You are reset from the start of the game. And it, also, it takes a while. Like, you really have to commit to playing this game because 18 holes is going to set you back a few hours. I personally wish it was a little easier. Mm-hmm. I'm all for difficult games, but like it still needs to be accessible in some ways, if that makes sense. Like Hades, because of the story, you're okay dying as frequently as you do. It keeps encouraging you to keep going, and also it's making you more powerful. It's giving you perks. It's giving you characters to talk to to keep you going. In this game, 
I just it just felt like my heart was being ripped down in my <laughs> chest every time I missed one little shot. Yeah. Uh, so I I will admit I was frustrated a few times. But like I think this is what they wanted to make. They wanted to make a really difficult roguelike. So in that respect, they succeeded. Yeah, and I think that frustration is also pretty authentic to the sport of golf as well. So it has that going for it. <laughs> so authentic. Yeah, which uh, I, I guess I already said that it's more roguelike than golf game. But another thing that I was just reminded of is I, I feel like it kind of borrowed principles from golf games. For example, like it, it works off of the schema you would already know, like if the ball goes in water, you restart from where you were. If the ball hits a bunker, you stay where you are, but you have to use, you know, a wedge instead of a driver. Like, that that's all golf logic. Right. Um, but then some of it is, like, kind of different golf logic or expands past the golf theming. For example, a major part of this game is you're trying to hit little idols that give you plus however many shots. So instead of trying to hit under par... You're trying to collect enough shots to have enough shots to get to the end of the hole. So it's got like this kind of unique vibe uh, that doesn't quite fit with other games in that genre. I thought it was kind of interesting to see how they combined the things that were familiar with some other aspects that were probably necessary for them to make golf into a roguelike game. Yeah, the premise works so well, it just instantly clicks how... The game works. I'm surprised that no one has made a game like this before. The presentation was also really nice. I think the pixel art is lovely. All of the bosses are really well animated. They have some really cool animations. For sure. And also the boss of each area is also the shopkeeper. So you see them frequently as you progress, which I thought was a nice little touch. Yeah, for sure. It gives them more of a character to recognize. Kind right. of like how Hades does the same. You know, you meet characters that are going to be bosses um which kind of forms more of a story connection with those characters right but yeah um should we get into star pieces or do you have some other general thoughts i guess one more thing before we move on would just be i think it's important to note that there were a lot of crashes while we were playing the game um marcus and i both experienced a lot of crashes during the first boss which was a little aggravating especially when i got close to beating him uh but as of this recording there was a recent patch that stabilizes a bunch of those crashes. So it's nice to know that that was addressed. Yeah, brutal game overall, but the gameplay, I think, is solid. Let's move on to Star Pieces. This is where we talk about a cool little detail or something we liked about the game. And I'm bringing this back once again to just the tiniest little detail I could find. And uh, this was pointed out to me by Mariah, but there's some lovely background art in the game. And in the first area, there's a, a moon that hangs in the in the sky, and it's a golf ball. It's covered in dimples. The moon yep. is a golf ball. I love that. That's my star piece. Everything's a golf ball or related to golf and golf purgatory. It's so great. <laughs> What's your star piece? My star piece is I enjoyed the mechanic of adding spin to your shot. Mm. What it is is while the ball is flying through the air, you're tapping the direction that you want it to spin when it lands. And there was something really satisfying about like spinning it a ton and just seeing the ball like after it lands hop backwards and stuff like that. It made you feel like you had more control, even though it was difficult to like get it to spin exactly as far or as not far as you want it to. 
it was nice that it felt like there was another aspect of skill through being able to spin it. And I also liked how the UI at the bottom of the screen shows the ball turning in the direction that you're spinning it. That was nice when they added that mechanic in because by and large you don't have a lot of control over where the ball goes. Like you can set the distance and power, but the screen is not zoomed out far enough that you'll see exactly where it's going to land all the time unless it's a short shot. Right. So I like that they give you just a little bit of control to line up a shot. And there were certainly lots of shots where I got this close to the hole and because I could spin it. I made it in. Right. Right. By the same token, sometimes I got greedy, and after the ball landed, I was like, yeah, spin it forward a little bit, and then it plopped in water, (laughs) and then I had to redo the shot. It was inevitable that I would compare this to Golf Story. That's another indie game about golfs. (laughs) About golfs. The golfs, you know? (laughs) And I love it, Um, and it's top-down. I think it works so well, they basically take golf and put it in every scenario you can imagine. Um, but even in that game, you don't have full control over the, the ball. You can plan out your shot and take spin and the wind into account, but you can't do anything. Once you've hit it, it's completely out of your control. So at least in this game, that helped it feel more like a, a platformer. Right. But for every star piece, there is also a quick jab. And jab, jab. This is where we complain about something minor. So mine this week is at the very end of each course, it will tally up the shots you made. And it puts it in a little scorecard for you. And the less shots you take, you know, the better your score on the leaderboards online will be. But when it's ticking up the number, the number shifts around a little bit. And you can see, like, the edges of it kind of clip into the golf ball behind it, if that makes sense. So instead of them putting a transparent, like, a number with a transparent background over a golf ball, it's like they put a number on a golf ball and then put up different pictures of the golf ball does that make any sense at all yeah actually. you can see the little edges of the number mm-hmm. uh like clipping through the image behind there it. are some yeah there's some graphic design errors in that instance cool so <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm trying to validate you yeah uh, yeah no i appreciate it i i wanted to make sure i'm not crazy no, you're not in fact that was something i considered being my uh quick jab was i i noticed that as well well I also consider having the quick jab be the fact that it, it would crash on that first boss until they released a patch. But that, again, is not not a quick jab, more of a, a game-breaking bug that needed to be fixed. And they did. So I, I think my quick jab will be just something that we already mentioned. But the fact that it is zoomed in uh, so close to your little golf guy, ad- I think arbitrarily makes it more difficult. And again, I think that that was probably an intentional choice on their part. They wanted some aspect of like the shooting a ball and not exactly knowing. You're like, I know that there's water over there, but I think I'm good. And then shooting it over and realize, oh, no, no, I definitely wasn't. So I I think that it does the zoom in. So you have to even more strategically like look around before you shoot and decide what power ups you want uh, to equip just in case. But ultimately, it could also be pretty frustrating to think that you were shooting a good shot and then really not. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. I think it was intentional. So turns out most of the things we didn't like about this game were fully intentional by the developers. Yeah. And side note, you said that it was difficult. I that that was my sonic quick jab. So I (laughs) I would have been fine if that was your quick jab. So get good, Jared. Yeah, just get good. That's all. (laughs) 
I, I, I should have practiced more. I should have put the hours in. I, I don't know, Spelunky, like, games like that are just not my cup of tea. Like, I just can't, I don't know what it is. I think it's a mindset thing, you know? Maybe I have to like the core gameplay so much that it doesn't bug me to die and lose all my progress. I don't know. It just kills me. I think it depends on if the joy of the game is in the journey or the destination, you know? like yeah. Kind of like you were saying with, uh, I was about to say Hercules, with Hades. You, you talked about the elements that make it fun from the very first time you play it. So you don't feel like a constant failure. You feel like you're getting better every time. Yeah, you're right. That brings us to our final segment about the game which is who's the fake fan? Fake fan. This is where we try and stump each other with nerdy trivia questions. And I've been going first with all the other segments. So Marcus, the floor is yours. You said it has to be about the game. I don't remember that stipulation. Well, it doesn't. Yes. Golf. You love it. Maybe you don't love it. There are a lot of interesting terms in golf relating to birds. Uh, and you, you've played a fair share of golf games. I don't think you've ever played actual golf, right, Jared? Just the just mini putt putt. That's all. Cool. Well, um, if you could explain each of these golf terms to me, that would just be wonderful. Oh no! I only have a couple. Jared, what's a birdie? A birdie is two. No, that's like three under par. When you finish the course, three under par, I think, or is it two under par? A birdie is one under par. Oh, it's one under par. What? Oh, because, like, eagle is, like, three. Uh, my next question is, what is an eagle? Is that one three under par, or is that two? I think it's three. You gotta pick one. I'm sorry, it's two. Oh, it's so dumb. What is an albatross? I'm trying to remember, because I did learn these when I played Golf Story. Well, like, when you go over, it's, like, bogey, triple bogey. Mm -hmm. Is albatross when it, like, goes completely off the course? No, albatross is three under par or a double eagle. They're both interchangeable. Huh. Okay. What is a condor? Four under par. You're getting it. You're getting it, Jared. Good job. You should have done them out of sequence. Then I that really throw me for a loop. Right, but it seemed to throw you for a loop just as hard the fact that I gave you them all in sequence. Yeah, good job. Um finally, what's 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 a falcon? Is it five under par, Marcus? No, Jared, a falcon is a bird of prey and not a golf term. I'm sorry, that was a trick. <sighs> I'm okay being called a fake fan of golf. <laughs> that doesn't bother me in the slightest. You can't be a fake fan if you're not even pretending to be a fan in the first place. Well, that's why I liked Golf Story. Is like I don't like golf, but I like a little sports RPG about it. I don't know. It's something fun about that. They add, they inject a lot of wackiness and zaniness, and I kind of hoped this game would hit the same magic, and I think it did um, for the most part. All right, Marcus, my question for you is uh, related to when you go to the different shops. They're called Eternity. Um, they're like little waypoints as you progress through the story. Uh, you can buy new ace cards there, and you can also swap outfits. So, Marcus, I want you to name four outfits that you can change into. I never changed outfits once. What? Are you serious? For reals, yeah. Did you even look at them? No. What? No, I, I had a concept that there was something else in the shop besides the cards, but I just never even clicked that button. Oh my gosh. So I'll, I'll just go ahead. Uh, I'm 
Uh, do you uh, have a Scottish garb? A little little uh, caddy cap? There is one called Scotsman. A okay, okay. Um, I have a backup is... question that we can switch to. <laughs> okay, well, instead of suffering through this, let's do your backup question. It would be fun to like read a bunch of these and then you have to guess if they're real or fake, but I can't come up with them on the fly. That's true. Um, it's kind of fun. There's like one based on banjo and kazooie, and there's one based on ukulele. <gasps> what? That's awesome. Um, which is cool. Um, just they're just color variants, but sure, they're fun. But no, that's okay. I actually do have a backup question because I like keeping things fair on this show. Uh, there are ace cards in this game, many ace cards that you use to assist yourself in the levels. I want you to name five ace cards. Okay. Um, plus one. I'm not going to do plus two and plus three. That feels like cheating. I wouldn't have let you, but good job. <laughs> uh, U-turn, where you can change the ball's direction mid-flight. Correct. Mini rocket ball, where it goes slow and it can curve easily. Yes, correct. Weight or lead weight. I don't remember what it's called. but Lead weight, can... uh-huh. Lead weight. It doesn't bounce when it hits the ground. Time stop is where you can make it stop uh, where it is and drop directly down. You bested me. Good job. Is there any others you can name? Can you go above my, my five, so, name five? Um, there's like a, a freeze ball one. There's a... Uh, the opposite of a mini rocket ball. I don't know if it's called a big rocket ball or just rocket ball. <laughs> um, there is a practice shot. Yep. Which yep. you can use to hit, I guess, relics and stuff without having it cost against you. Uh, mulligan. Um, there are plus versions of each of the shots as well. Uh, do you I'm remember, sure there are others. Do you remember the one where you shoot three balls at once? Oh, yeah. Scatter shot? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Good job. You named every single one I wrote down. So, <laughs> Marcus, you get the I am definitely not a fake fan award. That doesn't feel right. It's a trophy that I am handing to you now, and I have to reclaim it next week. Okay. Uh, before we move on to the last segment, uh, I thought it'd be good to wrap up our discussions of these games by talking about who is this game for? So, who would you recommend this game to? I we we've already you know squarely put it in the category of roguelike. So I would say anyone who enjoys those, especially kind of the indie action pixel art kind of roguelikes, you know, like Crypt of the Necrog Dancer. If you like that, you might you know in, enjoy something like this because it has a lot of variety and replayability. Um, I'd say if you like a good challenge this game would be good for you. If you like conquering difficult games like Cuphead and the like, check this one out. You can always look up some gameplay for the game as well and see if it strikes your fancy. And if it does, go ahead and check it out. We'll include a link to the eShop in the description. This brings us to our final segment, a new one that I'm going to call Get Rex. Marcus and I spotlight a lot of different indie titles on this show, but there are plenty that we will never get to talk about just because there's so many games out there. So this segment is kind of a, a dedicated place where our listeners can recommend games to us and the other listeners. And so this week we have a letter from Allison that I will be reading with some games that she recommends. Uh, quote, Now, I'm a filthy casual gamer. The number of titles I've played is absurdly small, but I wanted to make a couple recommendations of some puzzle games that I enjoyed. 
The first is called Super Liminal. It's an optical illusion puzzle game that has the vibes of Portal. The second game is called There Is No Game, Wrong Dimension. This one is a more outlandish puzzle game with a humorous narrator like in the Stanley Parable. If you do play the second one, I would recommend playing on a computer. It is a point and click, and I imagine it would be a lot easier to play with a mouse than you do with your finger on a switch like I did. First of all, thank you so much, Allison, for your wonderful email. Uh, We are aware of both of these games. Um, And Marcus, you've actually played There Is No Game, right? All the way through? Yeah. Yeah, I played it on uh, iOS, and I really enjoyed it. It's very much a tongue-in-cheek kind of pastiche of a lot of video game tropes. The game literally changes genre throughout it. So it's very subversive, very funny. Uh, I would absolutely recommend it to anyone who who likes kind of quicker experiences um, that are that are funny. That absolutely sounds up my alley. I have played a few minutes of it, uh, and I've played the original Flash game. And uh, anything that changes genres partway through the game instantly makes its way into my heart. I don't know what it is. That's, it's just so fun. Just one little spoiler. Not not much of a spoiler. At one point, it changes into a, a pay-to-win game. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so it makes a lot of jokes about it. It turns into an idle game and also a pay-to-win game, which is very funny. That's so great. Uh, and as for Super Liminal, um, I have not played it yet, but I definitely want to. It looks mind-numbing, uh, the, the crazy things you can do with perspective <laughs> in that game. Right. I think at a certain point, you know, your brain just starts working differently to understand these kind of puzzle games. But I've seen a lot of walkthroughs of this one, and it's just fascinating to try to figure out what exactly is happening as they mess around with the perspective crazy stuff great recommendations thank you so much allison and i'll use this opportunity to recommend another little indie title that i don't think we'll get the chance to talk about on the show it's called carto my wife and i have been playing this one this week and uh basically you play it's a top-down game where you play as a little girl and as you walk around the map um you can stop pull out your map and then rearrange the tiles on the map and rotate them so basically you are reconfiguring the topography of the entire area and they use that mechanic in so many really interesting ways i at first i thought there would be more to the gameplay than that but it's just rearranging a map and yet they find so many different ways to make really interesting puzzles out of it like um, sometimes you need to rotate a piece several times on your map in order to like get a volcano bubbling or you need to they say oh it's in the middle of the woods but you don't really have any forest pieces so you border for forest pieces around an empty block and then it'll appear in the empty block there's so many cool little um north south east west puzzles and things like that so um i won't spoil it more than that but uh yeah carto is a, a lovely little title and i recommend you check it out Well, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We had a lot of fun, and we are looking forward to talking about more wonderful, excellent, amazing, brutally difficult games next episode. So until then, I'm Jared. I'm Marcus. And we'll level with you then.
Get Rex. Ha cha cha. You need to compose a jingle for me for that. Yeah, something like that. I don't want it too like negative sounding. Something like that? No, 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 no. That was it. Oh. Exactly that. You're gonna commit.